0: hey everybody welcome to glitchy pancakes real talk about the world of fandom i'm jesse and i'm rob we've got our producer ally here with us hey, Allie.
1: hey guys how are you
0: doing good doing good doing good um today we have a lot of really interesting stuff to talk about and a very interesting person to talk about it with. We're going to be talking a little bit about the world's greatest detective, the dark knight, the cape crusader, Batman and the psychology that makes him tick. Um to talk about this with us, we have the author of hundreds of science fiction, mystery and horror stories. He's worked in the comic book industry since 1986. Uh, written for Marvel, D.C., Malibu, Caliber, yeah. Moonstone, and Disney, mm. among many others. Um, nominated for the Eisner Award. Written in a ton of Edgar Rice Burroughs properties. Mm. Um, and just all over the place. And won awards for plenty of it. Um, we are really happy to have Martin Powell with us. Welcome, Martin.
2: Thank you for having me. appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, what are you doing these days? First of all, just how are you? Uh, are you just keeping yourself busy in the in the studio writing or in your writing shack?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have a, I have a studio in, in the basement, sort of my own bat cave, I guess you could call it. Oh, nice. And um, it's it's weird because, you know, everybody else that I know, are, you know, justifiably complaining about the, the environment we're in now. And for me, honestly, I have to say, not much has changed. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I basically live down there. I hardly ever leave the house. Um, you know, I I I write sick uh, seven days a week uh, usually, and oh, uh, wow. ten to twelve hours a day. So I don't really have much time to uh, miss anyone, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, or to or to or
0: to like really be able to convince yourself other people exist like right you must yeah. end up in that solipsistic space where it's like is it are these are the stories real or is the world uh, real <laughs> there,
2: there have been times when i uh, this hasn't happened recently but some years ago when i was working on a, a, a novel and uh, about i don't know about the third night in a row that i hadn't slept and so i was uh, i'm a notorious insomniac mm. and, uh, and so i was working at it and all of a sudden the the characters just started saying, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> wow. And I, I can't really explain it. You know, I mean, I, I can't intellect intellectually explain how it happened. It was right. all in my head. I didn't see anything. You know, I wasn't like imagining anybody talking to me or anything. But it was really like suddenly I was having this rebellion in my head of, we're not going to do what you say. And wow. it completely changed that story, by the way. Wow. Uh, I, I couldn't go <laughs> in the direction I wanted to anymore. They would not let me. And, um, well,
0: how did it turn out? Like, I mean, did that oh, end up being a oh, net think, benefit to the story.
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and um, <laughs> um, it's it's almost one of those Philip K. Dick experiences that he describes. Oh how, wow! You know, things would get in his head and Walker, but nothing quite that. You know, nothing quite that uh, fabulous. But, uh, wow. um, but yeah, it was it was very strange. It it, it was just. Uh, I I wish I could explain it better. You know, here I'm a writer and I can't. Uh, but it was um, <laughs> it, it was as, as close to probably. Um, a genuine kind of mystical experience as I think I've had, you know, and, mm. and I've had some weird stuff happen to me. Um, <laughs> wow. So, uh, but yeah, um, that was very, very strange. Uh, so, but luckily, you know, all I have to do is go upstairs and, and it's the real world and my wife's there. You know, <laughs> a <few dogs> and, <laughs> and so everything's fine. Um, some of the places <laughs> I deal with in my work, is not a place you want to stay very long. You know, right. So uh, <laughs> uh, it's a fine, fine place to visit. You don't want to live there.
3: <laughs>
2: that's a good yeah, point.
0: I would guess that would that would be the case, considering like and there's much you're talking seven days a week, you know, ten or twelve hours. Mm-hmm. That's enough time. To, I think that's always a concern uh, for writers is getting you know getting in the head of characters that may be disturbing or, or in settings that are you know stressful to for your imagination to handle. Right. Um, oh, yeah. But I think when most authors talk about that, they don't write as much as you do, mm-hmm. as many hours, as many days of the week. So this right. seems like a heightened risk for you.
2: Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's, it's um, it, the, the most fun, actually, is writing the bad guys. You know, that's the, mm-hmm. the most fun. But when you get into the character, um, the, a character's head like Batman, um, there's it's a whole different experience because Batman's right. a very complex character and um, mm-hmm. uh, a traumatized character, you know. Right. And yet um, the way he's handled these days, which is not something that I'm particularly pleased with, um, mm-hmm. is... Uh, uh, it's almost depressing, and which is why I mm. don't tend to like a lot of the, the modern Batman stuff. And by that, I'm mm. Ben Affleck, so right. um, I just I just don't. I mean, I it doesn't do anything for me. It, it's just all grim, and and it's that's just not to me who Batman is supposed to be. He's uh, right. He he is dark, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he should be scary uh, to the mm-hmm. bad guys, and maybe to the rest of us too that don't know him very well. Uh, but uh, I don't think he should be you know one of, uh, I don't like the fact that he's often played these days in the comics too as a, as a bully in a bat suit right uh, I, I don't right. like that batman should be better than us right you know um, he's and the way i've always kind of imagined him um <clears throat> i mean yes i think in the very early days when he first st- started out uh, i can see that he was very much batman the avenger you know and <laughs> uh, um, was out to beat up every you know, I mean, hurt, hurt bad, any crook right. that, that might have come after somebody else's parents or something, mm-hmm. you know, that's what was in his head. But I think after a while of doing that, and it, it couldn't have been more than a couple of years, that he would start to realize, I can't just keep doing this, you know, yeah. and something in him would have to change. And I think that's when he went from the Avenger to the, the Cape Crusader. Right. Uh, because he started realizing it wasn't so much punishing the crooks that he should have be doing, it should be Protecting all the other little Bruce Waynes, right, yeah. right, and, and that's that's the way I see him. And um, uh, I do think he can be, you know, uh, he he should be tough and and uh, uh, and to a certain degree ruthless. But I don't I don't like the Batman that seems to be practically a villain. Right. You know, there should yes. you should be able to tell the difference. Yes. Um, I, uh, you know he shouldn't kill anybody for one thing ever, ever, um, ever. Because that 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 I, I don't I don't know that in his psyche that he that he he could even he, he could even do that I'm not right. sure that he could
0: right or live with himself afterward
2: yeah, yeah. I don't it'll, think that's a, it he I I mean I I see him as a much more idealized character I guess than a lot of people do today I mm-hmm. uh, one one of the things I was talking to a friend of mine not too long ago and he was telling me. That something about in the comics that I think this was not too recent I think this was a few years back said something about uh Batman having an affair with Black Canary mm. and this is when she was married to married to uh oh. Green Arrow mm-hmm. and I remember saying you know <laughs> you know that's probably that's one of Batman's best friends and he's cheating right. on him with his wife said you know right. I expect Batman to be better than me and I've never done anything like that Right. You know, and it just, it just bothered me that there's, there's a moral compass in him that I think, I mean, where's the hero if all he is, is beating people up. Right. You know, there's, there's something in, there's something about him that should be awesome when you meet him, where you just think by his example, you should be kind of inspired, but yes, kind of scared because he's a creepy guy. I mean, he looks, right. he looks like Dracula, you know, so, um, <laughs> And uh, I always love that line in uh, in the in the Dark Knight Returns when uh, some uh, this couple who apparently didn't remember that there was a Batman at one time so they, they saw him and they said yeah he jumped out of the shadows and he was like nine feet tall and dressed like Dracula I always thought <laughs> <kind of weird. laughs> and well, uh, you know well, he, he was based basically off of the the shadow from the pole right uh, right uh, or at least inspired from that some of it and mm-hmm. uh and, and the creator of the shadow. Uh, uh, Walter Gibson always referred to him as a benign Dracula. So, um, that, that's sort of how I kind of see him, too. I, I think that if he was in the room with you, um, I don't think you would be comfortable. You know, right. it wouldn't be like Adam West. You know, you wouldn't be like, hey, Batman, how's it going? You know, I think it would be more like, uh, you can leave now. You know, it was kind of right. funny. and There was a a scene in one of the uh, Steve Englehart Batman uh, stories, which is one of my favorite Batman writers, Mm. um, where he is coming in to talk to uh, Silver Saint Cloud, and uh, he's uh, the the female lead in in those stories, and uh, that Steve made her smart enough to where she um, uh, saw Batman for the first time and said, "That's Bruce Wayne. I recognize his chin anywhere." You know. Um, but still he's coming in her window and she knows he's Bruce and she still says, Oh my God, when he's coming toward her. And you know, that's, it should be like you're in the room with a wild animal.
4: Right. You know, and right. I, mm-hmm. I think
2: that's the feeling that his, that, that his enemies would have. Um, I like the fact that, uh, that they're afraid of him because I think that's, that's where he puts a lot of his energy is, uh, he, right. is making them afraid. Uh, that's a big deal if you can make them afraid of you
0: right yeah right and that's part of the inspiration that uh you know for 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 the rest of us you know for the or for people who are non-villains and people reading the stories part of the inspiration is that hey there is that it's showing that these villains can be made to be afraid you know they can Mm -hmm. be beaten they can be bested and i think i mean people definitely have a fascination with villains i totally understand that um A lot of times, and like you said, they, they could be the most interesting characters, but why do you think it is that, that there's been a turn of trying to blur the lines between hero and villain (laughs) with, with Batman recently? And it's probably with other superheroes too, but it's been very noticeable (laughs) with Batman. What do you think is, is is... leading writers to, to want to blur those lines rather than keep him, he he could be a very complex character without having Mm -hmm. to make him bad.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, the, The very best Batman to me, um, uh, like I mentioned Steve Englehart, Denny O'Neill did great Batman stories too. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, he was my editor for a little while. Great guy. Uh, Real smart guy. Um, But to me, my favorite Batman of all time is the Bruce Timm version.
4: Yes. uh, From
2: the original animated series. That to me is Batman. Everything that he needs to be is right there.
4: Right there, right.
2: And if if anybody would would make a movie of, of that, that would be oh. the greatest Batman movie ever made. I agree. I, I think the Mask of the Phantasm is the best Batman
4: movie. It, it is. Oh, thank you so yeah. much. It is. It and is, so, absolutely.
2: Uh, that's how I see him. Now, the reason why he's not like that anymore, I think is largely a um, uh, a commercial thing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, at, you know, Alan Moore writes Watchmen, which I loved. Uh, yeah. And for some reason, and it, and it sells real well, and it should have. Mm -hmm. and uh dc decides oh it's selling real well so everybody needs to be dark and grim and suicidal right you know and Uh so that's that's part of it i think and the the writers who were kids little kids when this was first coming out who didn't experience watchmen like i did as an adult Mm -hmm. um, they think this is what this is supposed to be and the editors they're working with well they're the same age you know and and they think that too they just don't know um and there used to be, I can tell you, when I, when I wrote my Batman stuff, there was a Batman kind of Bible that they gave you, and you could not mm. challenge it. There were things in it that wow. Batman would not, could not do, and you had to, you had to stick with that. Really? And, uh, these days, I think that's been thrown out the window. So, so what, what kind are of things some were of the things, yeah. <laughs> yes, I need to know the things. Um, <laughs> um, well, it, it was okay, for example, for Bruce Wayne, as Bruce Wayne, to flirt with women but it wasn't okay for batman too um
3: Um,
2: he could never be um physically or and i remember it was written written this way he could never be physically or sexually threatening to a woman ever Mm -hmm. Hmm. while he's in the bat suit and of course it's bruce wayne not not either i mean but nobody took bruce wayne serious i don't think Right. right when when he was doing that kind of thing he was always kind of kind of uh harmless it was sort of window dressing um, it wasn't like he was always hitting the scandal pages. You saw him with maybe a couple dates at a time or whatever, but you never heard anything about it. You know, there was no scandal. Mm-hmm. It was just like, Oh, that's Bruce. Wayne.
0: Right. Just part mm-hmm. of his image, but not right. a scandal.
2: Yeah. It wasn't like today, you know, where, <laughs> you know, the right. was all over the place to everybody, uh, it seems. But um, so I think that's part of it. I think that uh, somehow or another, the younger writers today, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, dissing anybody or, or uh, condemning anybody or anything like right. that. It's just, it's just something I personally don't like. Uh, but I, to me, it's, I just think they, they think this makes him cool. Right. Um, to be so much of a bully and uh, to just to be so, so savage as he is uh, portrayed well, a lot of the time.
4: Let so, me, let me ask you a question. So it's, it's, I agree with you 100%. Um, it's, it's almost like and one of the biggest elements that I love about Batman is him being, quote unquote, the world's greatest detective. And it seems like they got they, they start to get further and further away from him being a cerebral Batman. And I understand he needs mm-hmm. the skills to be able to, to be able to take care of himself um, on the streets of Gotham and, and you know, dealing with the Justice League. And, and that's why Superman thinks he's one of the most dangerous human beings on the planet. But I I really miss a lot of of the cerebral the detective that the the detective that he, and and he I mean like you said he was inspired by the shadow and I, I love the shadow but I, I'm wanting them to do more and that's what you know the Tim animated series did a lot of he wore disguises he changed mm-hmm. his voice up he infiltrated the mafia. That's the kind of cool thing that I really want to see on screen. And I want to ask you, um, with Matt Reeves doing the Batman and, and, and the things that we got to see, you know, I think we're going to see a more cerebral detective noir style movie. How do you feel about that?
2: What I've seen so far, I really like. Um, right. I've, I've thought from the start that uh, Patterson's casting was, was a great one. You know, everybody was going crazy. But see, I was one of these guys back in uh, the late 80s when I heard Michael Keaton. Okay, I got to tell you a story about that. So
4: (laughs) Yes, let's hear it. Let's hear it. um,
2: At the time, I had several friends um, who were editors and assistant editors at DC. And uh, one of them called me up and he says, dude, they cast Batman for the new Tim Burton movie. (laughs) And I said, oh, really? Who is it? And I didn't know who to expect. And he said, it's not going to be who you think it's going to be. <laughs> and I said, oh? He said, it's not an action hero or anything like that, man. And that did kind of blow my mind for a moment. I, right. I don't know what I was expecting. Steven Seagal? I don't know. I don't know what I was <laughs> Stallone. I still, a yeah, lot of people
4: were I, suspecting Stallone. I,
2: but I was just kind of like, okay. And he said, are you ready? I said, I don't know. <laughs> 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 and he said, Michael Keaton, and and you know, I knew who Michael Keaton was, but somehow the name just bounced off me. I didn't realize what he was talking about, and I said, who? And he said, Mr. Mom. Like, oh, <laughs> no. It, uh, and the more I thought about it, I thought, well, wait a minute, though. The director's Tim Burton. Right. He's directed Pee-wee's Big Adventure and Beetlejuice. He's a comedy director. Maybe this is going to be a comedy. Ooh. Oh, no. You know, we've already had that. and. <laughs> So the more I thought about it and we talked, I said, wait a minute, man. No, no, wait a minute. Are you sure maybe that Michael Keaton's not playing the Joker? Because I could see that. (laughs) Right. He said, no, "No, man, Jack Nicholson's playing the Joker. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) and of course, I, you know, I think Jack Nicholson was a great Joker, but uh, um, I was a little shocked because he was so much older than Michael Keaton. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, so, you know, I thought that was a big, big mistake. And when the movie came out, I thought it was. I thought he was awesome. Like, he's still my favorite movie, Batman. Right. And so um, I will never say that again until I see a movie. <laughs> <laughs> but but I still think uh, you know Panikson. I think he's he's uh, he's going to be fine. I think um, he I mean, he looks properly intense in what we've seen so right. far. Little of it is it has been, and I've seen him in other things, and he's a very fine actor. He is. Um, he's, I, he's got a lot of range,
0: him. and and he he's got. He could portray depth, and that's something yes. that um you know if we're talking about the the psychology of Batman you know, we're talking about him going um you know h- how how writers and directors have have tried to turn him dark by like you said kind of making him a bully and you know, he relies on, on brute mm-hmm. strength and money pretty much um, right. in a lot of these iterations, but there's enough darkness to explore there obviously I mean everybody knows about the the tragedy of the Wayne family mm-hmm. um but there's there's dealing with his his own fears and various insecurities and things like that. That's that's enough darkness to explore. Like having him without having without him having to become a bully externally. Um, what do you think about? And you wrote the uh, the fog of fear, right? Right. Right. <laughs> so, what do you? Uh, how have you approached whenever you when you've written Batman and and just in your general appraisal of it? How much do you think uh, there is to to really delve into there as far as the dark side of Batman's psychology as a sort of opponent for himself.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I think if the same thing had happened to any of us, we'd be a victim to it. But the fact mm. that uh, he's, he's Batman and this is fiction, um, you know, he's different, that he's better than we are. Uh, he's managed to actually, uh, in my, in my mind, he's, he's managed to not put it behind him, but he's, uh, he's managed to triumph over it. I don't think that there is a Bruce Wayne. I think mm-hmm. there's just Batman. Bruce Wayne right. is the disguise. Right. Um, mm-hmm. He hasn't been Bruce Wayne since he was nine years old. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, he... Um, uh, I, I don't think... I don't see him as the type who, like, for example, who wakes up like with a nightmare or seeing his parents killed over again. That may have happened for a number of years before he put on that suit. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that he's the whole psychology of Batman is he's become the nightmare, right? You know, that, uh, he's, these guys have, you know, this one thug that, you know, that is, that he met with his parents in an alley, you know, killed his parents, um, and, and terror in the terror of that has lived with him all of his life. So he becomes the terror now. And I think that's a therapeutic thing for him too. Uh, but it's more than that. There's something superhuman in him, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't—I don't mean physically, but there's something emotionally and mentally superhuman about him that's made—that's—that's that's enabled him to survive this, right. and actually triumph it in a way that you know you and I would be traumatized our whole life for it. We would be ruined human beings, right? But, uh, but he's not. You know, he in fact has made himself better because this happened. That is the mm-hmm. hero of Batman.
4: Right. I mean, like his, uh, right. His, um, his, uh, mental fortitude. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he, you can, you can even say that he, I mean, he's using transference to basically place his own tragedy on, on others. So they, you know, as a deterrent to prevent them from committing those crimes and well, like I said, I, I really, I really want him to be more focused with with the new generation on him, him being a cerebral person, him being that detective. But I understand that if he got if he's got to break somebody's arm to get the Carmine Falcone, that's got to happen. Um sure. Let me ask you a question about villains, because mm-hmm. you said you like to write villains. Why is it difficult to? get hugo strange and those more cerebral villains out there to 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 mainstream because people know joker then people know you know they they barely know poison ivy and they know some of these other villains that he has to deal with in penguin and stuff like that why why is it more difficult to get hush or 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 hugo strange or even you know a better version of the court of owls Mm
2: -hmm.
4: for someone like Bruce to
2: i love hugo strange (laughs) i love Um, him too i i think that probably again this is this is kind of a cheat answer but i think again it's uh it's kind of a commercial thing Um, right when i was uh you mentioned the fog of fear when i was uh plotting that they they gave me uh, a list of villains that i could use Hmm. and um uh, most of them quite frankly weren't very interesting (laughs) <laughs> um, and Batman has, you know, like the best Rose Gallery of, of any comic book character. Oh, hands down. Spider-Man. You know, so, I mean, it's, it's just there's to say that they were giving me the bottom of the barrel is saying something because the rest of these guys weren't too interesting. Um, right. But, um, I mean, all the good ones were already taken is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, uh, but the Scarecrow was there and I thought, OK, this is pretty cool. This was not too long after Batman Begins. And so it mm-hmm. was in the, the public's mind. But I had, um, I had room, I felt, for another uh, character, and I asked them if I could use Man-Bat, who was always oh, man. a favorite of mine. And, uh, and you know what, the, what the, the editor said to me? Man-Bat? Why the hell would you want to use him?
4: What?
2: And I said, well, <laughs> because he's a Batman villain kind, villainish kind of, not villain kind of character. It's really kind of, he's the wolfman with wings. He's really interesting. Right. Um, yes. And he's like, but, you know, and, it, and I could tell that that he just was not into man bad at all. And so they weren't even... But, you know, finally he said, yeah, fine, whatever you do. Whatever you want. So I did. <laughs> um, but I think the reason why um, we don't see Hugo Strange in a movie um, is probably because somebody in Hollywood thinks that the public will consider that too cerebral and too smart. Huh. You know, they'll think that they, they're always... They're always underestimating an audience's intelligence. Yes, uh, you should never ever do that, especially never. as a writer. You should never do that. You should always Absolutely. figure that the people reading your stuff are at least as smart as you, and a lot of them probably smarter than me. I know. So, um, th- I, I think it would be very interesting if they were to have, you know, if they were to use that that Hugo Strange storyline that the Steve Englehart came up with, oh. uh, back in the in the Detective Comics back in the seventies, I think. It yes, was. Uh, that was just great stuff. Phenomenal. And, uh, uh, there was, there, there was a, a rumor that I remember reading uh, somewhere. Oh, gosh, it's been a long time. Uh, that back when the Adam West TV show, that they had actually at one point considered Boris Karloff coming on the show as Hugo's. Oh, oh, oh that would wow. have been phen- Oh, my which, God. I can't imagine. Would have been really cool. <laughs> yes. Boris was still alive. This was 1966, I think, and Boris lived, he died in 1969. Uh, but uh, wow. I think it would have been really cool. It didn't happen, but uh, oh. it would have been interesting seeing how they did, how they would have done Hugo Strange in that format.
4: Right. You know, now, um, I do want to give a, a respect to B.D. Wong for his portrayal on Gotham.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: I, I, I want to give him some props for that because, you know, I was just like, hey, there's Hugo Strange and he kind of really did a really good, creepy. He, he did a good job. It mm-hmm. just wasn't in the format that I kind of wanted it to be in, right?
2: Right, yeah. It, you know, I think this is a situation where you want to get somebody who's, uh, uh, you know, about 60 years old. And, right. Uh, a, Shakespearean, a Shakespearean
4: actor. yes. Who
2: has a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of presence.
4: Like um, Patrick Stewart.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, somebody like that, exactly. Patrick Stewart might not be a bad idea. Um, yeah, but, I'm liking uh, that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I could, I could very easily see that. Um, yes. yes absolutely. You know, so someone along those lines, you know, would be really cool. Um, I, I, uh, I I think I think if I remember right, back going back to the Boris Karloff thing, that they had also have run at times. Somebody said, well, you know, Boris was living in England, and I think they said, well, it might be too expensive to get him here. How about Vincent Price? And so uh, Vincent was interested in being on the show, but I think he wanted mm-hmm. to do his own thing, and so they made him they, his own character. You know, what they Um Everybody was wanting to be on the Batman show. Uh, in those days. so um, Right. But yeah, Hugo Strange would be very, very interesting. I, From from what little I know about the plot of this new movie, it sounds like um, it's going to be kind of a 12 Angry Men kind of plot. Uh, very mm-hmm. film noir-ish. And uh, that yeah. there's a, a villain, uh, a main villain, that is going to be kept a mystery through most of it. Uh, yes. That Batman actually solves who it is. But that, and right. I hope that's the case because that sounds great and I think Matt Reeves is a great director. Director, so I'm looking forward right. to it. You know, I've heard. You know, uh, no, but you can't please everybody, of course. And you I mean, can't. some uh. people, I think, are ready to hate something just so they have something to do.
0: You're They're absolutely also, right. Uh, You're absolutely right. <laughs> so I, there I, are people I, that make entire careers out of just pre-hating right. things that come well, out. Absolutely, and they do.
2: They do, and it's it's just it's sad because for one thing, um and this sounds sacrilegious coming from us as fans, but it's just. <laughs> You know, so it's not like it's going to really matter if anybody likes it or not. Really, you know, (laughs) um, but uh, it's just like when 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 Ben Affleck was cast, my heart was broken and I'm a big (laughs) Batman fan and I know that there are a lot of people that like his Batman a lot. I know and some of them are really good friends of mine and we just that's something we just agree to disagree on. But at the moment I heard he was cast, I thought, oh, no, it's going to be Ben Affleck in a bat suit. You know, that, I mean, he, mm. in other words, I felt that he was too much of a personality as Ben Affleck to be right. Batman. It right. wasn't that I thought he was going to be terrible or anything or that he's awful. It's just that I, everyone would be seeing Ben Affleck, not Batman. Right. And, yeah. And, and so that's, that's the problem I have with that. And so I felt, I felt very Batmanless for quite a while, you know, <laughs> when, when we went to go see, um, uh, the Justice League movie, which I liked better than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't mind him in that, but I that's not but that wasn't my memory of the movie. And it should have been. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um and so I remember thinking, wow, if only Batman had really been in that movie, I probably would have liked it <laughs> a lot
0: right (laughs) Uh, i'm just i'm imagining a scene where just like the one you were talking about earlier where that character sees ben affleck in in the movie sees ben affleck in the in the bat suit from across the room and immediately knows wait that's ben affleck not that's bruce wayne (laughs) but that's ben affleck you know
2: and and if if he if he had been cast um as a lesser known actor you know i i it was just a problem with me. I mean, that's what I—that's right. what I keep telling my friends that are defending him so much. I said, "Look, look, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with him. I'm just saying there's something wrong with me. I couldn't—I couldn't see him as 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 Batman." Uh, I have no that same Batman.
1: problem with Christian Bale. I—he uh, never fit for me, and he was way right. too angry.
0: Yes, I couldn't see him as anything but Patrick Bateman in a exactly. Bat suit. That's, <laughs> right. that's what he was American for American Psycho. Right. Yeah, that's uh. It's interesting that you said I noticed one thing that you said there was that um you, you it may come off as sacrilegious to some people to to point out that hey, it's just a movie, you know, or it's just a comic. That we actually, I think all of us, I don't want to speak for Allie and Rob, but I believe all of us feel the same way about that, which is that that's totally fine. That's right. how we see it too. Yes. We love this stuff enough to record a podcast about it and go to conventions and throw a convention right. about, about these things when we really love them. But at the end of the day, they're I, not things to get angry about, you know? right? I mean, I've
2: devoted, I've devoted my life to this kind of stuff, you know? Right. right. Um, so, I mean, it's important to me too, but. But the same thing, you know, I've realized, well, Ben won't be Batman forever. And look, he's not, right. you know, so he's not. Right. It's that's okay. It's all right. You know? Right. And, I think, um, I think
4: Pattinson's going to do a really good job. I just, I think, he I think he's going to nail it. Um,
0: <laughs> Rob's I mean, getting he, fodder here for an, an ongoing argument we have with a, a friend and, uh, and former podcast guest who really hates the Pattinson casting. And I know Rob's just, he's taking notes right now so he can go back and say, well, Martin well, Powell said, this is gonna I, I be mean, good. Right.
4: well, that, well, that, and, um, and, and I, I can't, I can't have a conversation with someone who hadn't seen Pattinson in his other films. Like if you haven't seen Pattinson in the lighthouse, then you can't mm-hmm. tell me he's not a phenomenal actor or in any of the other films that he's done. You have to, I'm, I love film and I also love comics. So when you merge those two things, I'm going to be critical of the film itself, separate from, you know, the plot, you know, so I think that, you know, Matt Reeves, and I agree with you with Ben Affick, I liked him because I liked his presence, and I liked the suit, and I thought there was something, but there were things about it that I didn't like at all, Um, specifically Amy Adams as Lois Lane, that just doesn't fly with me. I'm going to always have an issue with that, Martin, like a big issue with that, but 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 there, there, there are things about Affleck's Batman that you're right. I didn't really. I, I felt that they were dumbing down things, like you said, for yeah. commercial purposes. Yeah. and that's it. It's it's really that's ruins no fault
2: of his. You know, I mean, right? It's not. Um, uh-huh. he, he was playing the part as scripted and directed.
4: Exactly, know, so, and it ruins it. Um, it ruins it. It ruins the property. It ruins the the even sometimes it ruins the future of the properties. You know, like X Men and, and things of that nature. When it can temporarily
0: the, kill interest in it,
4: yeah, it can. Like, it it can.
2: It can. Well, you know, George Clooney always took took <laughs> took the blame for Oof. destroying the Batman Oof. franchise. You know, which I always thought, yeah, you know, George, you're being too hard on yourself. You are probably the best thing about those movies,
0: right? But, um, <laughs> but, but, but you know, I think it, what destroyed it was probably the nipples on the bat suit. Because, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs>
2: It was a situation where the art direction destroyed it, I guess. But uh. or Alicia
0: Alicia Silverstone <laughs> as bad girl. There, there were some things that there didn't work. So, that movie just so didn't know things. what it wanted to be at no, all, right? It, and,
2: it, and when I first heard that George Clooney was cast, I remember thinking because I just seen um, um, the uh, oh gosh, it was the vampire movie he made? What was that called? Twilight.
0: I hear you talking about Clooney or Clooney. Oh
1: yeah.
0: Was he
2: in a was he in a vampire? Oh, you, was that yeah, the, the... Robert um, Rodriguez movie. Uh, yeah. Gosh, uh, um, From Dusk Till Dawn? From, From, till dusk, dawn. Dusk, till From dawn. Dawn. dusk Till Dawn, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had just seen that, so I thought, okay, now that guy could be Batman, I remember thinking. And of course, you mm-hmm. know, and of course I thought, still think that he was physically probably the most Bruce Wayne of all of them. Right. Um, but no, you know, it didn't work out, did it? <laughs> and again, yeah. that's not his fault. He was doing exactly what Shoemaker probably told him to do. It yep. was in the script, so it wasn't uh, it wasn't his fault. I've never uh, <laughs> this is a little slightly off topic, but not really. I've never liked Christopher Reeves uh, Clark Kent. Oh. I know people who think it's iconic. I think Christopher Reeves Clark Kent is Superman making fun of us. Mm. You know, so for me, Clark Kent is supposed to be us. You know, the, the right. every the everyman. You know, mm. not the stumbling, stuttering, bumbling you know wreck of a human being. Um, he's
0: showing what he thinks of us
2: yeah You're and are not yet, <laughs> right. yet of course you know christopher reeve was playing it as it was written and as he was directed so that's not his fault sure. he was he was still not probably the... the best you know cinematic superman of course it's the one he's the one that everybody um you know it seems to to kind of uh, compare to uh, to everyone else mm-hmm. although my favorite superman to be perfectly honest is the george reeves superman from the tv show
4: right I mean, that's not the first time I've heard that. That's, that is, that is not an unpopular opinion, my friend. I've, I've heard it before. People said he, he, he really uh, made a mockery of the human race. Mm.
2: That's you know, that's and, how it affected me, you know, but, and,
4: I, but it's yeah. he's got
2: so much more going for him though. I mean, this is a guy who, right. who's the only person who's wore the real Superman suit. Yes. Uh, and, and he wore it as elegantly as he would a dinner jacket, you know, I mean, mm. It's their tights, and he he looked he looked completely splendid in. It, Fantastic. Know, this was really somehow. Superman, you know. Right. So you, I can kind of I can kind of let the rest of the stuff go. And by the time Superman two came around, um, <laughs> his Clark was uh, played more for kind of an intentional comedy, and it didn't bother me as much somehow yeah. because he was being funny more than he was being stupid and ridiculous. You know, right. But there's something about you know Lois, oh, gosh, you know oh, that just it bothered me <laughs> right <laughs> you know, clark is supposed to be a guy that's a stalwart friend a good reporter you know somebody you can count on you can trust and that just didn't seem like to me that guy you
4: know, that I would, uh, right well,
1: it's sort I'd of like you me. were saying that that with batman um batman's the real identity identity at this point and bruce wayne is the altar um right. it's supposed to be the other way for for superman like yeah clark it kid's is supposed to be the <laughs> The main and, and not a fumbling, you know, ridiculous caricature yeah, it, of, a, of a human.
2: I mean, I've written Superman, too. And I, I the way I have always seen him is that there's no Superman. There's Clark Kent. Right. right. So yep. that, that, that's the way I, that I always kind of that I've always kind of seen him, that he actually puts on a different persona when he takes the glasses off. Mm-hmm. Correct. You know, but uh, yeah. but normally he you know, he's the real Superman is really Clark Kent. It's the guy that grew right. up in the Midwest and has those kind of values, Um, you know, there's nothing fake about him. You know, he should be the most trustworthy, worthy person in the world. Everybody should like him, you know, good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he really should be the kind of guy that, that everyone, you know, he's classic. He's a, he's a, he's a really great guy, you know? Right. And uh, that's the feeling you should have. Whereas Bruce Wayne, I don't think too many people would take him seriously and that's fine because he doesn't want you to.
0: Right, right, I'm curious about so what you think about something about Bruce Wayne in particular. Because for, I mean, he's the the most notable thing about him, first thing everyone knows about him, he's a billionaire.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that is, for most of the time that uh, he's been a character that's existed, that's been a very aspirational thing for most readers and most people uh, in culture in our culture who are aware of that character. That sentiment, I would say, has somewhat shifted uh, in recent <laughs> years in large parts of the public. Um, they're no longer seeing being a billionaire as so much of an aspirational thing and more of perhaps a uh, – a, a, some people go so far as to say a moral failing in the system for mm. such a, for a person to be able to accumulate and hold on to such wealth. Um, where, where would you like to see Batman or Bruce Wayne go with that aspect of it or what do you think about that?
2: Um, I'm not sure how well this would go in the comics and how long it would last, mm-hmm. um, but I've always felt that, um, when you're showing Gotham city and you're establishing that Batman has been there for a while, uh, the new movie uh, supposedly is, is like Batman year two. Mm-hmm. So it's still a mess, you know, basically. Um, oh, right. but, but if let's say he's been Batman 10 years. Uh, which is probably close on about as long as he could do it mm-hmm. um, physically. But mm-hmm. let's say he's been a Batman s- six years. Um, I don't, I think it, Gotham would be one of the safest cities in America.
4: Right. Um,
2: you know, I think that you shine that light at night and the bad people go creeping back in the shadows. Right. Um, you know, I, I, that that's sort of what I would like to see that he, that, that he's, you know, you don't know where he is. He could be anywhere. You know, and so that actually, after a while, has had an effect. And also see, would like to see Bruce Wayne, and who's to say he doesn't do this anyway? Uh, but I would like to see him doing more, uh, uh, be more, being more of a humanitarian. You know, buying right. up, buying up the slums in, in Gotham and, and uh, um, you know, refurnishing them as lower lower rent, you know, for people who can afford it and things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, low cost housing. Using his using his wealth for that kind of thing. And who's to say he doesn't? I mean, he he doesn't he may seem to live in splendor, but, you know, he doesn't enjoy his wealth. Um,
4: I I don't think he does that. I think he I think he has other people do that for him. But I, I think for the same reason that people dismiss him as just a rich dude that, you know, I think he doesn't want that to be known about him because they want he wants people to say, oh, look, he wrecked a car. He wrecked his Ferrari and bought a new one. They want he wants to distance himself from anything, quote unquote, good. Yeah.
2: So he can keep that seriously. Right. He's afraid afraid somebody might start to get suspicious.
0: Yeah, people will look at him more. And it seems like a lot of these. That's that's a common feature in a lot of the movies. Is you have him these extravagant scenes of him pulling these stunts, you know, with cars and buying a building just because he wants it and things like that. um, That I I, I'm with you that I, I think I'd like to see more like see him actually be able to be more of a humanitarian, which actually could still fit with, uh, that could be done now because being openly humanitarian now wouldn't raise as much suspicion as it might have previously. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, Um, and I kind of think that maybe in previous iterations, Batman was seen, maybe not Bruce Wayne, but Batman was a humanitarian. I mean, he, that was his, before we hit the Christopher Nolan, you know, dark Batman. <laughs> um, I mean, he, he was a humanitarian first and an ass kicker second. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was kind of his thing. And, and so I was a big fan of the animated series. Um, oh yeah. That it. was, you know, my high school ish years. Um, and uh, every villain in there pretty much was presented as redeemable. Um mm-hmm. And I don't know. I feel like we've we have moved away, like like Martin was saying, from from sort of the real Batman. I miss the real Batman.
4: They were vulnerable. Like the Joker was vulnerable in animated series. Uh, mm-hmm. like everyone felt Clayface. Oh,
2: yeah, Clayface. Mm-hmm. How vulnerable
4: that. was Clayface?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: just no, I mean, you may, oh, amazing to make
2: you feel sorry for a monster, basically, you know, right? And uh, you did, and you know that that was a, a particularly uh, that was a two parter, if I remember right.
4: Yes, it was really,
2: really brilliantly done. The one with uh, Killer Croc was really, really oh yes, good. yeah. Uh, oh, hell, all those are good. <laughs> <They're>, I, can't, <laughs> They're all I can't think of <laughs> a bad one really at all. You know that, that they were all done so well, um, but there's there's some that really really stand out. And of course, right. you know, Mark Campbell's Joker, I think, is the best, oh, uh, at least man. the best, you know, comic version Joker ever, you know, yeah. uh, that's mm. the one most like like the character in the comics, I think. Um, he's, uh, you know, crazy and wacky, but there's times he's really very chilling. Uh, but that's one of the things I loved about, uh, too, about um, Mask of the Phantasm, the Joker in that, is there's a scene where he's fighting Batman and there's a a sword nearby and a salami and he's reaching, <laughs> and you think he's reaching for the sword and he could, but instead he grabs the salami. And hits it. That's, <laughs> an old thing. Well, that's the Joker, you know, he's nuts, you know, right. and, and I think that uh, the fact that we see him do that but later on he'll do something, you know, really uh, just in, in completely vicious, you know, because he can't right. be just very cruel. Um, yeah. But, uh, I, you know, I, I, I tend to think um, too that the, the Joker maybe these days has been has been demysticized too much mm-hmm. uh, that we, I don't really want to know who he was. Right. Before. You know, I think I like the, I like the idea that he, he suddenly appeared full blown the way he is now. We don't know anything about him or where he came right. from. And uh, he's just the way he is. You know, I don't, uh, that was always a problem that I had with the, the, the original Tim Burton Batman movie. Although, I understood uh, later on. I found out that that was something the studio insisted on. It wasn't in the original script. That for oh, yeah. the Joker hmm. to be uh, Jack Nicholson's, and for you know to Jack Nicholson's character to be the one to kill Bruce Wayne's parents, you know, that that was something hmm. that the studio yeah. decided just had to happen. Um, so,
0: that is a character that can be. It's so much more interesting to me without an origin story. I mean, that's that is one thing that, I, among many other things, that I really liked about um, Heath Ledger's portrayal was the <coughs> having him tell different origin stories you know, at different points I, in I, the movie right. to different I, people. I love, right. I love
2: that. I love that right. aspect of him because you almost got the sense that uh, he did. He wasn't maybe sure exactly, mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you know, and or maybe he knew exactly, and none of those were true right uh, maybe none of them had the the that, that uh, touch of uh of romance and uh, dangerous glamour that he was giving them. maybe it was something really kind of stupid you know right that happened mm-hmm. to him and uh he he was building on it each time to make himself feel better lie him to himself right um, they right. left
0: those possibilities open that was, that's what works yeah. so well about it
2: yeah. i'd like to see him portrayed in the movies sometime as actually looking like he does in the comics uh, right. I mean, very gargoyle-like and th- very ultra thin, and uh, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. the way uh, the way Dick Sprang and those guys drew him back in the day. Like right. um,
4: the laughing man.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I I I I, I think that uh, although I, the, the only the only Joker that I've seen that actually didn't do a thing for me was Jared Leto, and um, yeah. I, he he just seemed like what, was he there in the movie? I mean, it just there was just i don't know if it was his fault or whatever but just the character it was, it's like he made the joker dull to me
4: it was bad was, it, it was not just quite bad sure
2: how you could do that you know
4: it was um, commercializing but,
0: I, I think some of it was that the parts of like certain scenes got cut out so we probably didn't see the full portrayal but also at the mm-hmm. same time i just there's something about uh the way that he did it that like i was somehow the the actor's ego managed to shine through the makeup Mm. to where that's all I could see. I was like, he just, he really wants you to know how hard he worked on this. Right. (laughs) Like it, it, it it forced me out of the story and I'm like, okay, this is, this is Jared Leto doing a bit pretty much like this is, this doesn't feel like an authentic character.
2: That's very much how I felt too. uh, Watching it. And um, you know, Heath Ledger to me is still the best movie Joker. I don't Mm -hmm. know that I would say he's the best version uh, of the character from the comics i don't think he is right um, you know that that to me is still the one from the animated show which uh yeah which wasn't compromised at all that's that's the mm-hmm. character pristine as he's presented in the comics since he's yeah. since he was in the first issue issue of batman number one you know back in 1940 mm-hmm. uh that's the way the joker was portrayed uh, he got more and more ruthless and more dangerous as the years went on it's true Uh, But he's pretty dangerous in that first Batman story a lot of people forget. I mean, he's killing people left and right, and they all have the Joker Mm -hmm. grin and all that, uh, something that I missed a lot in the Ledger version. Yeah. Um, right. But um. But you know. Also, though, it's nice to think that we can have a Batman movie without the Joker. I think maybe we're right. in an for a while. It can be <laughs> yes. done. It's it like you done. said. His
0: his rogues gallery is is ridiculous. I mean, you can yeah. that's that's a deep well. You can go back to right. that a lot of times for different yes. stuff. Yes.
2: Do Do we really need Lex Luthor again in a Superman movie? You know, I kind no. of no. Right. So, uh, uh, but even though Superman's rogues gallery is very very limited, right?
4: So, uh,
2: you would you wouldn't think it would be, would you? But it is. No um, by now, you'd
0: think there would be more. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
4: P- who would you like to see villain wise in a Superman film?
2: Parasite. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I
4: like,
0: oh, yes. <laughs> that's I
2: like it. I, that's who I used in my Superman story. And again, oh. the, the editor, when I, said, when, I, when I asked for the Parasite, they said, Why do you want the Parasite? I said, Well, it's a Jim shooter character. He's really cool. And I'd just be an honor to write him. Oh, well, okay, I guess. Oh, nobody else wants it. You know, they really weren't interested at all. You know, and so I I don't think they really knew who I was talking about, to be honest. (laughs) Um, So, uh, but I got, you know, and I also put Supergirl in my story, too. And that was another one I had to fight for. This was about a year or two before the Supergirl TV show started. Mm -hmm. And so she wasn't, you know, what she is now um, uh, as far as popularity goes with the public. But still, you know, I always loved Supergirl. I always thought she was a lot of fun. And she was especially well handled in Bruce Bruce Timms, you know, Justice League and all that. Yes, uh, I thought, and that's the version I used. And um, but yeah, they were like, "Why do you want to use Supergirl?" I thought, "Oh gosh, do we have to do this again?" (laughs) Explain (laughs) to you why we why I want to use Man Bat, you know. So yeah, so um, it's 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 crazy. They uh, it's an instance where a friend of mine years ago who worked at Universal Studios, I asked him, I said, "How come Universal doesn't make more?" um, make new movies of their monsters that are so popular that I love so much. And he said, you know, they don't realize what they've got. And mm-hmm. I think that in a lot of ways that the comic books uh, these days, um, well, I'm going to get a lot of work from them from saying this, aren't like, um, I? Think that <laughs> <laughs> I think that the, um, that's okay. Um, I think that the comic book companies these days um, uh, don't really fully realize what they have. And uh, a lot of times they... They're working on a, oh gosh, I don't know if I should say it this way, but I can't think of another word, so I'm going to. Well, yeah, I can think of a milder word. Um, they're working on a, on a weaker imitation of an original, I was going to say bastardize, but that's okay, um, and um, that, that has been lost to time because, you know, for some reason Americans are great about not wanting to know anything about history. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's lost to time that Batman's not a brute in a bat suit, that Superman's mm. not grim and kills half of Metropolis during a fight. You know, right. it's kind of lost right. to time. Uh, they they just want to know what sells. And yes, money, making money is important, so you can continue to make movies and pay all the people and all that. That's important, but I think that you know, a character like Superman and Batman um, are really the the only things that we have going on these days that are a kind of modern myths mm-hmm. um, and yeah. for that. Yeah. I think it's important. I think, you know, this myths are something that mankind has always had, you know, you hum- humankind has always had, you know, the Hercules and, and the Gilgamesh and, and all these things. And, and today we have, you know, the Marvel universe and DC, basically, basically those two, there's yeah. others too, but those are the main ones. And, uh, they're, I think they're important for that regard. Yeah. I think they can be inspirational. I think they, uh, I mean, look, look at, uh, Chris Evans' performance as Captain America, which I Absolutely. think borders on being spiritual. Almost. Yes, oh yes. You know. I mean, he, it's he a gives a beautiful you thing. There's, it is. I, I
0: mean, there are people, there are adults like us. Will, I mean, I sometimes will think about it in a difficult situation. It it can help me to think what would you know, what would Steve Rogers do in this situation. Right, right. <laughs> it's a great example. And,
2: you know, and I can think of a lot of different uh, of of directors or producers that would have said. They, they could have said that what he did with the character would have been dull or a little mm. sop or something, mm. you know, but he was right on target. You know, right. they could have made Captain America a, a bully in the red, white, and blue,
4: oh, but they horrible.
2: didn't. They made him something very, they made him something that really, I think, um, transcended the comics. Right, um, yep. and, and that's a so. that's a rare thing to happen, and, and I know a lot of people will hate me for saying that. I'm not trying to take anything away from uh, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, right? But I really think that that Captain America really came to life, uh, in 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 the public consciousness from Chris Evans in those movies, not the comics. Yes. Right. Um,
4: let me a... um. Let me ask. Let me let, let's take a bat break for just a second. So, like <laughs> earlier, we we mentioned that I mean you have a massive amount of work and a massive catalog of works that, uh, we, I can't wait to dig into personally. I know we can't wait to dig into. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to ask this p- particular question before we wrap up, uh, in the middle of this pandemic, uh, could you tell us a little bit about world of viruses? <laughs>
2: oh, <laughs> the world of Viruses. Um, <laughs> sure. um well, it was a, a series of, it was an, it's an anthology, um, a series of, uh, Individual comic book stories that uh, were put together to form a graphic novel, at least a graphic novel. Um, mm. And basically, what it uh, the the purpose of it? It was um, it was put together through a government grant uh, with the University of Nebraska. And um, wow. uh, the idea was to take uh, it, it had a, it had a panel of um, scientists um, that I worked with um, who decided between them. Pretty much, uh, what would be the most interesting viruses to f- present to the public in, in uh, a dramatic sense? And they, they left mm-hmm. they left the drama up to me, but um, mm-hmm. um, and there were some suggestions I made too, <clears throat> but obviously they would know this better than than me. Although I do have um, some uh, actual training in science, my my formal education is actually in paleontology, so that's okay. it has nothing to do with viruses. But there you go. Um, so. Right. Uh, I, 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 my concept of the, of it was to, um, present it in a way that they wanted it to be, they wanted the audience to be basically high school kids. And, um, mm. uh, it's been a while since high school for me, but I thought about <laughs> it and I thought, well, you know, maybe it should be something along the lines of like the Twilight Zone. And right. we would play the, the, there's sort of dark fantasy stories about uh, a certain virus. Um, there's a virus, mm-hmm. for example, that um, uh, it's the same virus that causes warts um, mm-hmm. uh, so, uh, that, that had taken over a man's life in, um, in India. Uh, they, they called him the tree man and he, he oh, did yeah. not yes, he likes any, anything human in a lot of ways. You know, it was, right. it's, it's just a, a, an incredible astonishing thing to see. And uh, so that, that was one that I suggested and they went with that. So we did a story about that. That, was, that one was more or less kind of biographical. But there's others we did too, like uh, where we would portray um, uh, a virus as a prisoner in a cell uh, wanting to break out and things like that. We just tried to do it in a different way to make it seem like you weren't really getting educated. <laughs> right, getting right. Perhaps enter- entertained. <laughs> and it went that way. We did one story too that was very much a, like a Jack Kirby giant, dinosaur, giant monster story. Nice. with a virus because there that one involves a virus that's actually beneficial to the environment, uh, wow. so they're not all bad they're not all bad guys, you know so there are some right. viruses, viruses that are benign and uh, actually help out uh, uh, life here on planet earth um, but yeah, it was a it was a great challenge to do because I had to write it in a certain way to where I felt it was being entertaining because otherwise if they're not going to read it, what's the point uh, right and yet. And yet, I had to, you know, uh, I almost feel like I was writing a scientific paper because I would have, I would have this peer review, you know, of about a dozen different mm-hmm. scientists. Mm-hmm. these are serious scientists. I mean, people that, yeah. you know, I just I was just like, uh, you know, nervous to even be around. <laughs> and they, um, uh, they, you know, uh, well, one of them didn't understand. For example, okay, for example, <laughs> you probably won't listen to this. Um, one of them uh, didn't understand when they saw this, the comic book pages, didn't understand why my, uh, my, why my, tech, why my panel descriptions weren't on the page. <laughs> this, is a, this is after the story was drawn, mind you, finished, probably it letter. And he really didn't understand. He says, well, I don't understand this because I'm not reading your descriptions. I said, well, you're seeing what I described. <laughs> so my, 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 my scripts are very much like a screenplay they're very detailed and uh, visual and I you know I call for close-ups and and, and uh, mid mid shots and bird's eye view and all that and sometimes the artists will go along with what I usually they'll go along with what I direct but sometimes they have a better idea they're artists right so uh, they'll go along with it it's almost always better than what I come up with uh, but <laughs> this guy expected you know to see all this text and it was one of the greatest challenges professionally I've ever faced to explain to him why it wasn't there. Right. <laughs> you you <laughs> never think thing.
0: of having to actually explain the the basic premise of a graphic of a co- novel to right. begin with. Yeah. Like. Right. And
2: and he confessed that he had never read a comic book in his life. Oh, you know. You know. Yeah. And so I thought, oh, and uh, there, there, were, there were a couple You're... others there that <laughs> there were a couple others there on the panel that that hadn't either uh, and one of them did ask me how he should read the panels like you know nice. where to start and that kind of thing and once i once i explained it he said oh well of course and then i could tell he felt a little foolish uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, for asking that but i said you know you guys seriously i said take the things home and show them to your kids and i'll bet they will have no trouble with it right yeah
4: well i guess it was kind of cool that you got to school scientists and how to read comics? That's an amazing thing. You only, only, only you can say that. I, I had I don't to school.
2: I, I don't know that I felt that way at the time. I was, I was kind of, uh, I was kind of terrified, and uh, I felt it was a project. It was a project that lasted a lot longer than I thought it would. And boy, I was right. glad when it was over. I'm glad. I'm very glad I did it, and I'm proud of the book. Uh, it, it, uh, it, it won an award and so on and so forth. And that's great. But, um, I. I it was it was so it worked some different muscles in my brain that I didn't know that I had,
0: and nice. I'm not
2: sure I'm not sure that I've retained them. If you know what I mean, <laughs> <It> was,
0: <laughs> that's hard to do. And that, folks, is the process of peer review for graphic novels. Right? <laughs> it,
2: it was something we know, and the final step before. of
0: which is showing it to the scientist kids. Yeah. It, right. it, it,
2: now I, I can't say much about it, but I I, I will say. That I am doing another one, it's not. Ooh, okay. It doesn't have anything to do with viruses, but it uh. is another science-oriented graphic novel, uh, f- also for the University of Nebraska, uh, funded by a government grant, and uh, it's uh, it's um, a lot more interesting and a lot more complex, uh, so it's a lot more of a challenge than the. the, the uh... So next time you guys talk to Ooh. me, I might. Might not even be this coherent is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we want to
0: talk to you again for sure. I can't right, wait to they can't wait to see that. Um, yeah. where, so where can people keep up with you online and, and stuff? So if they want to see when you can announce that new thing you got coming up.
2: <laughs> well, I, I, the easiest way to probably find me is on Facebook. And it's, it's just Martin Powell. And it's, it's pretty obvious it's me. You'll see dinosaurs <laughs> okay. and monsters. And uh, lots of pictures of my wife and my dog and me. Up, yes. up, oh. I should say, yeah. um, and then um, uh, the other way is um, uh, uh, just to, uh, on Amazon, to, uh, I have an Amazon authors page and just type mm-hmm. in Amazon author Martin Powell and I'll take you right to that page. It's got most of the stuff that I've done in print, although not nearly everything. Uh, I don't have <laughs> everything I've done. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I, I looked at it earlier today. Yeah. It is,
0: it is a, it's quite a list. It's quite a page. So yeah, well, you can find Martin Powell on the on his Amazon authors page. There's
2: well, people, a people at cons will come up to me sometimes and drop a book in front of me to sign, and I'll say I didn't write this, but I did. I just did. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, so just, just sign it. Just be, they put it in front of you, just, sign it. just assume they know what they're doing. Just like you said, don't underestimate the intelligence of the readers. Right? So just, no, no, no.
2: They must they know, know. better than me. You know, obviously, right. obviously they know be better than me. Martin, you
1: do know this is now going to be my challenge. Every time I see you, I'm bringing something <laughs> for you to sign. I'm going to be like, hey, here's this King James version of the Bible. Pretty sure we got something in here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's just no, going to get actually, weirder and weirder. <laughs> I actually, uh, yeah, one time somebody did bring in a, a comic book that I had, it was something really early on that I did. I mean, like when I was just starting out, it probably had a print run of a couple hundred issues is all, you know.
0: Wow. And uh, I, I had
2: never actually seen it before. Wow. You know, and I completely forgotten wow. about it. I mean, just utterly forgotten about it for over 20 years. And I uh, said, here you go. And I was like, what in the hell is this? And know, and this, is, this looks like a piece of crap. You know, and then I opened it up and I'm like, oh. I don't know.
0: Nope. That's my name. That's my name. So yeah, was, Must have done this. Yeah, we're definitely kind of gonna back. have to have you back on because the other, the I mean, you've got all the stuff you've done with Sherlock Holmes, and we're gonna do, we're gonna be doing some episodes on oh, Sherlock Holmes. Boy. The stuff you've done with the Edgar Rice Burroughs properties, and just like, yeah, we've got a lot more to talk about. But yeah. thank you for stopping by today. This yeah, has thanks. been really, thanks really, really fun talking yes. about.
2: Thanks very much for asking me. I never get a chance to talk uh, professionally about that, so I'm just really happy oh nice. yeah no, it's it's nice.
0: interesting and yeah, we could probably even do a part two just on Batman but yeah it's yes. it's been great and thanks for uh, telling everybody where to find you we are um, like you said just look at you on know, Facebook or uh, find Martin Powell Amazon look up the, our, on the author page for Martin Powell and get some of those awesome graphic novels there are plenty to choose from right um, and for everybody listening thank you for joining us to listen in uh another episode of glitchy pancakes we hope you have enjoyed it yes you can find us online you can stream our episodes uh directly from glitchypancakes.com or find us on your favorite podcast app we're on all of them you can follow us on twitter or find us on facebook at glitchy pancakes um i personally am at jesse underscore a underscore adams on twitter uh rob where can they find you You can find me on
4: uh, Twitter as at EI Blackout. That is I-A-I-B-L-A-C-K-O-U-T. Or I'm on Facebook, just Rob Gilmore. Um, And Allie, where can we find you?
1: Uh, You can find me pretty much as Allie911 everywhere. Um, And I will just put a quick plug in. Um, My biggest project generally is the Multiverse Convention. Coming up with a multi-virtual in October. So come join us. It's free. Lots
0: of really cool activities. What dates, Allie?
1: That is... Go
0: ahead. 16th through 18th. uh, It'll be online (laughs) and free, yes. (laughs) Yes. Check out all the stuff at multiversecon.org. That's where you can find all the information. We're about to start putting a lot of news about that, so uh, follow Multiverse on Twitter, Facebook, elsewhere, and uh, get all the news about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I also... um, wanted to remind everyone if you have suggestions for things you want to hear us talk about or people you want us to have on email those to cakespod at gmail c-a-k-e-s-p-o-d at gmail and that is it for us thank you everybody for listening in thank you once again martin powell for joining us we will definitely want to have you back on to talk more and everybody have a great evening and thank you very much see you later
4: take it easy people